Welcome to Glass Half Full Moon, where if we didn't wear ultraviolet where if we didn't wear ultraviolet garbage couture. Do you want me to do this one? I just that's as good as we're gonna get. I'll stitch it together in post. I'll I'll fix it in post. <laughs> Welcome to Glass Half Full Moon, where if we didn't wear ultraviolet garbage culture, Full Moon Features would go out of business. I am your host for the evening, Gabe. Joining me is my lovely co-host, Casey. And Casey, I have a question for you. Have you been feeling like yourself lately? You seem a, you seem a bit different. You seem a bit... I mean, don't... don't I always? Wait, what, what do I normally seem like? I don't know anymore. Is, is this my voice? Is this my face? What's going on? Who am I? And we have now reached the singularity. Uh, Casey is now aware of her own existence, and she has zero summed. Thank you, everyone. Good night. No, I w- that was in reference to the classic concept of the body snatcher, something that you might imply to be an invasion of those types of creatures. That has absolutely absolutely nothing to do with the film that we watched. Why would they want my body? It's kind of terrible. I'm missing organs. A good chunk of my teeth are fake. I've got horrible skin. I'm a ginger. What? Are, why would they want me? Uh, boobs. You know what? Fair. To be fair, they would also get significant boobs as well from me. <laughs> but, uh... Which is something that we do not get from tonight's movie. Oh, you're right. We don't get any tits from tonight's movie. Tonight, we watched... Seed people? Seed people. Seed people. Seed people. Totally distinct from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Totally not pod people, because they're seed people. They are certainly some kind of seed, uh, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Might I just say that I I thought this movie was actually really boring. That's exactly what I was going to say. This movie was boring. This is a movie where nothing happens. Nothing happens in this movie. This movie is so boring. You see, we're in a weird period in Full Moon Features that I feel that they're still at least attempting to make a film that could pass off as not self-aware, not like Killer Bong or, you know, Ginger Dead Man, things like that, that are inherently tongue-in-cheek. Seed People, it's obviously a rip-off movie, but it's still attempting to... Take itself seriously. We're only 15 episodes in. Yeah, it's... I think Full Moon is going to become aware of themselves sooner rather than later. Oh, gosh. But sadly for now, we... get fucking seed, people. Sadly for now, our movie begins as we open on a dude named Tom being restrained at a hospital, claiming... That no one is believing him about some unspoken thing. And this is where we find out that this whole movie is going to be a flashback. Yeah, it's one of those framing device sort of things. And I want to point out that this movie, again, opens with two minutes and 20 seconds of opening credits. Not even, like, interesting opening credits. Just menacing sci-fi music with blue text on a black background. So, in Dr. Mordred... My buddy Quentin brought up how these movies are more than likely money laundering schemes. And this film felt like that's what it was. There were a lot of moments where I'm like, this is just... They 
did what they needed to do to make a movie to get it out the door. They needed a certain amount of money spent on the movie. That's why they have monster costumes. Yeah, it also could just be your standard mockbuster. One of those movies that obviously was made to leech off the fame of another more profitable film, but we won't get into Asylum Pictures. When did Body Snatchers come out? Body Snatchers, um, there are two iterations. The most famous one, I believe, being out in 86. Let me double check that. Oh, sorry, 78 being the one with Donald Sutherland. And there was another one in 56. Yeah, there was one in 56, one in 78, and then I believe... I feel like there might have been another one. Yeah, one in 93. So that would have been after Seed People. Yeah, apparently. Because Seed People was 92. So my question is, what coattails was Seed People riding off of? I don't know. It wasn't exactly... I, uh, whatever. Moving on. The injured man is begging to talk to some police officers, but everyone is not giving him a straight answer and, like, injecting him with fucking, like, sedatives. And it's so obvious that the people that he's talking to are the seed people. If you're listening to this podcast, you don't care about spoilers. The people he's talking to in these flashback scenes are the seed people. And and they're trying to make sure that... They're trying to figure out his story. And it's so obvious. It's almost painful. Yeah, considering, like, we get this FBI agent that enters into Tom's room while he's being sedated. And he's like, okay, tell me the whole story. And we begin our flashback with Tom going back to a town called Comet Valley, which is apparently... Um, one thing real quick. Yes. The, uh, agent's name is Weems, and I find that name very funny. Was it Weems? It's Weems! <laughs> agent Weems! Oh, God. Keep that up, I'm just gonna weem you all across the board. Uh, but we go to Comet Valley, it was? Comet Valley, which apparently is on an island of sorts, apparently, because it seems the only way in and out of the town is via a bridge that's gonna be out for three days. No. Okay, here's the thing. It's not an island. I know this because there's a line later in the film that's like, we can get back to civilization by going through the mountains. And it would imply that this is just some remote-ass fucking town that the only way in is a bridge. But the thing is, the thing about the bridge makes no sense to the context of the movie. It's just like thrown in. Oh yeah, the bridge is going to be out for three days for repairs. It literally didn't need to be out. Mm -mm. I, ugh, God. Okay, Tom is kind of the, our main character, Tom Bates. Tom Bates, he's a geologist. Tom Baines. Baines, okay, Baines. Tom Baines, he is a geologist and he's in Comet Valley because someone in town found what is believed to be a meteorite. So he has gone to Comet Valley and, of course, he's staying in the bed and breakfast that is now owned by his ex-girlfriend. So, you know, there's going to be some romantic tension. And specifically... The girlfriend got it when her sister-in-law died. Now she needed to take over for it. And first of all, they have a guest book like most, you know, like hotels and such would have. But also they have it, you sign it with a quill. And I refuse to accept any bed and breakfast that makes me sign something with a quill. I will not accept that. 
No, that's literally you signing away your soul. And two, I fucking hate Tom. I hate Tom so much because he comes into this place that is owned by his ex-girlfriend who is currently dating someone and is taking care of this someone's child. They are in a very clearly committed relationship. And he just starts hitting on her very clearly, very broadly, and just straight up being a homewrecker. It's not even subtle. Yeah, so the child in question is actually her niece. Oh, right. Yeah, Kimmy is her niece. And according to Kimmy, the housekeeper for the Ben Beckfrist is a weirdo. That's Miss Santiago. And honestly, I would be inclined right. to believe her with the fact that Miss Santiago threw a whole damn sausage in the sink. Oh, God, I wanted to eat that sausage so bad. I, it just seemed to be going to so much waste. But also the fact that she threw it in the sink. What normal person throws a whole damn sausage in the sink? That's not going to fit down the garbage disposal. Casey, Casey, here's the thing. She wasn't a normal person. Yeah, that's true. That is that is true. We've also glossed over the fact that... So, the meteorite was found in an orchard that is apparently in this town. And the owner of the orchard is super duper pissed because now he's saying there are rock hunters traipsing about in his orchard late at night. Right. What is going on is that there was a meteorite discovered. And now everyone's got meteorite fever. Which... I'm, I wrote down that doesn't make sense because that that's not how meteorites work. There wouldn't just be a bunch lying around after you found one. It's not gold. You're not going to dig it up. And I, I thought that's what the movie was going for, which is, yeah, we found one, but a bunch of stupid people are going around seeing that if they can dig up any more. But no, they're straight up like, yeah, there could be a lot of more meteorites around here because that's how meteorites work. It, if a meteorite that large impacted an area, it would not be habitable, let alone they're just all of a sudden there be meteorites around. Like, there are impact sites on Earth of massive meteorites, but there's a f- fucking giant crater, and there's, like, tiny fragments of meteorites sprinkled around. It's not... Oh, there's this town, coincidentally has 700% more meteorite impacts than every other place in America. If we sound a bit scattered, it's because this movie is fucking scattered. It's all over the... I There was a moment in my mind, I was like, I don't understand what is happening in the movie. I don't know why we're here. I don't know what the motivations of the characters are. They jump from it's, scene to scene... Faster than The Flash, they introduce characters without even naming them, and it's... Like, Jesus Christ, tell me to tell me to buckle up before you shift gears. I got fucking whiplash because of this movie. Ugh. Oh, and so the scene with the daughter and Miss Santiago, or not the daughter, the niece, she's threatening Miss Santiago with a fork. Like, I've this, done it's that. not... This isn't quirky behavior. This is a girl with psychosis that needs to be fucking treated. Like, they're acting like, oh, you know, she's just dealing with the grief in her own way while she's holding a fork up to this housekeeper that, for all their knowledge, is just, is totally fine. He's like, stay away from me, you demon. I'm going to gouge the demons out of you. It's like, oh, she's just dealing with the grief. No! 
No, she's crazy. She has psychosis. She's going to be a danger to herself and others. <sighs> I, I just can't with this movie. I just can't. Like, we've watched some bad movies. This one, not only is it boring, it's hard to follow. And it's mildly infuriating in these characters. Just... So, there's another thing. We have the main love interest who is named Heidi Tucker. There was a scene where the family is having dinner, or having breakfast, rather, and there's a man there for one scene who kisses her on the forehead and is like, I'll talk to you later, sister. And then he leaves. And I... that I don't think that character ever comes up again. Who... I, who looks identical to the actor that plays Tom. So I just assumed midway through this fucking movie, their relationships were changed from boyfriend and ex-boyfriend and girlfriend to brother and sister. I have, I don't know, considering he also called Deputy Yates bro when he was leaving. So I'm wondering if that might just be a term of affection in these parts or like a term of familiarity to call people sis and bro well the deputy would end up being his brother-in-law right no because heidi's not married to him but that that could be like an implication of like yeah bro aren't you gonna put a ring on that finger anytime soon you know like i i don't know the relationships in this movie make absolutely no sense it's infuriating but anyway we get What's, what's the fucking cop's name? Brad? Brad. I just right? called him Yates. Brad, um, IMDb. Brad Yates. Brad Yates. So Brad is going out and investigating the, uh, the orchard for... Why is he investigating the orchard? Um. Because he seems to be doing some suspicious activities even before what happens to him in the orchard because he's turning the irrigation system. No, no, that's Frank. Frank is the one investigating the orchard. Frank is the one who turned on the irrigation system, and Frank is Kimmy's dad. But then why is he doing, like, why is he messing with the irrigation system before... I don't know, maybe, wh what maybe he works there. Why he up to this nefarious shit, though? See, this is, this is what we're talking about in this movie. People do things for no reason. Why is Frank there? We don't know. He's messing with the irrigation system, and then he goes perusing the orchard and finds this funky-ass tree. Well, okay, before he does that, just real quick... He walks straight through a giant spider web. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was like, what the fuck? That would make me very uncomfortable. But not as uncomfortable as this next scene. Yeah. <laughs> as we get to... I I would assume you're in agreement here. This is the defining scene of this film. It's horrid. Where Deputy Frank is... No, Frank's, Frank's not a deputy. Oh, God. Frank is not affiliated with the police department in any way. I think he just works at the orchard. Frank goes to the orchard and there he he finds a tree that has these weird-ass flowers growing on it. He's like, what the fuck? These are weird-ass flowers. I don't understand why they're growing here. He goes... And they're like, what's the what's the giant flower that smells real bad? Uh, Eraflasia? Yeah, they look like those. He pokes the core of one with a stick, and it... And it comes on him. It, it splooges all over him. And... It... And, we can't... I cannot understate 
how 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 explicitly this scene is of a flower coming on a man. Like this this flower must be poor sign in nature because it it comes for a long time. I I the you might think we're exaggerating, like, oh, no, that couldn't be, that, that, it, it, sure. No, it, it, it lasts for a good minute. It. it does, and it's white, and it's ropey, and he- And it's viscous. It, it's, it is so blatantly, this flower is finishing on this man. <laughs> and it, it genuinely, all of my notes up to this point were like, what's going on? This is fucking dumb. Oh my god. And then it goes to, I don't like the cum flowers. Oh god, cum flowers. Those are cum flowers. That man is buried in cum. Cum people. Oh my god. Uh, it it nasty. It nasty. Also, I think it killed him. Because we later see him just covered in this cocoon of this, this cum-coon. <laughs> With partial, with part of his face sticking out, and it looks like his lower half is gone. So, here's the one other interesting thing about this film, I will say, is the design of the primary seed person. In as much as it is a, it's a monster costume, but it's only the upper half of a human, which it it it, it, it walks like on its hands. around on its hands. It walks on its hands. It's got it's got nothing from the hip down. Do you remember Boglins? No. They were like these little puppet toys that were just like these weird little monsters with arms. He reminded me of a Boglin. Oh wait, I do know what you were ta- what you're talking about. I didn't know those things had names. Yeah. But this this thing pulls itself out of the cumcoon that is Frank, and I'm just thinking is is he dead? I think it transformed Frank into that. S- so you're saying that Frank was a caterpillar? Yes. As far as this movie is concerned, that could be the truth of the world we're living in. But the weirdest part is, we get this alien thing coming out of the cumcoon that is Frank, and the phone in Frank's truck starts ringing. And this creature starts crawling its way over to the truck, and then we see Frank answer the phone. So here are my notes I'm writing. Is that actually Frank? Frank, or is he an alien, or is he wearing Frank's skin, a la Vincent D'Onofrio, or what's going on? I would assume that this is a shape. This is a shape shifting thing, because of another amazing special effect we see later on. <laughs> amazing. And I will say that something that I was wondering, and I want your opinion on. You know how in the thing. When the doctor character gets his arms ripped off, they replace the actor with an amputee. Mm-hmm. Do you think that for this primary seed person creature, they had a someone who had lost their legs play that part in order to get that effect? Um, possibly, because I believe for for Santiago's alien form, they actually hired a little person. Right. I. This film is weird. This film this, is so weird. This, and then we find some Native American cave paintings. That's the scene. It's over now. And then we have Miss Santiago calling Kimmy for supper. And Kimmy is behind the trees trying to record her doing anything fishy that might prove that she's being weird and crazy. 
And then Kimmy gets attacked by a tumbleweed. A tumbleweed. And then the seed people use rollout. <laughs> it it is just a giant fucking boulder rolling after her, and it's it's so not threatening in any capacity because it's not even like a big ball. It's like the size of like a beach ball or like you know, a medicine kind, ball. You know, it's kind of funny. It kind of reminded me of Karibo from Yu-Gi-Oh. I see it. I, you know, you said it, now I see it. Now I gotta go back and look at that creature design. Just, so, yep, there it is. That's Karibo. In fact, all of these seed people creatures look like they could be Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> they might have been. <sighs> they might have been. Oh shit, was Karibo based off of seed people? No, 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 no. <laughs> and then we get another scene of Tom being a home wrecker, which is very upsetting. And I just wrote, this guy really fucking sucks. And, oh, and the girl was being chased by the rolling seed people. Then she just turns back and no one questions how the girl is screaming about seed people. Basically, Heidi and Tom are have it in their head that Kimmy's just being delusional. And Which is, yeah, that's a reasonable thing to assume, but then take her to a fucking hospital. Like, oh my god. And we get another jump to another scene where... Thurman and some other dude, I think named Ed, are going to check out the weird tree more. And one of the flowers, instead of jizzing all over him, just starts covering the dude with little seeds until he looks like the tooth child from Channel Zero. He's covered in packing peanuts. <laughs> I knew they were staticky, but damn. You and you missed the best sign and the best line in the movie, which is "What in the ding dong heck of a double hell, of a do what in." What in the ding-dong heck of a doodle hell is that? Which is, I have to assume that actor came up with it just because it makes no sense in the context of the scene. What in the ding-dong heck of a doodle hell is that thing? Exactly. <sighs> and so this guy is covered in packing peanuts. No, and Thurman runs away while Ed is being covered in packing peanuts. And Thurman promptly gets run over by a dude named Doc. Doc Roller is our Doc Brown of this movie, except much less charming. And uh, now wanted for vehicular manslaughter. To be fair, I wouldn't be surprised if Doc Brown was wanted for, for vehicular manslaughter. True, very true. But we get all this happening in the briefest period of maybe about three to five minutes. And then we jump over to Tom giving a seminar on the meteorite found at the town hall with Frank and Santiago attending and looking like weirdos. This movie jumps all over the damn place. It's so bizarre. Also, there there's a pair of like teenage girls spiking a punch bowl, but the punch bowl is only like like six ounces worth of liquid. It's absurd. But then a man comes up to Tom and is like, I found a fucking meteorite. Come take a look. And he, Tom's like, oh yeah, that could be a fucking meteorite. I think that guy's name was Bert. I think Bert's the one who owns the orchard. Right. And, oh God, what is... There's science happening. Uh, and, and then we get a scene where Tom is examining this seed thing. Okay, well, the, the fucking meteorite's a seed. And we get it hinted at, which is like, he's like, yeah, that's a mighty fine uh, 
meteorite. What do you think it looks like? And the little girl is like, I think it looks like a peach pit, which it does because it's a seed. Dun, 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 whatever. I, re- I refer to them as peach pits throughout the rest of the movie. I don't refer to them as anything throughout the rest of the movie because I don't care to. And then there's a scene where Tom is, again, being a fucking homewrecker. And does it, is it just, was it just me? Or did you think that Tom was hitting on the little girl in this in that scene? I couldn't say what anyone was doing because this movie's just all over the place. It it's I to be frank, I wouldn't be surprised if Charles Band wrote that into his film. Ugh. And then they get a scene where a police officer comes up to them and they're like, "Yeah, fucking Thurmond was run over. We know it was Doc because we found a hubcap." And there's only one car with hubcaps like that. And I, I would say that's very flimsy police work there, my friend. Yeah, it's... Oh, and then we get a scene where Tom just straight up sees a pod person. Before all that, it seems that Doc Roller done took out the power at the police station because he's at the substation subverting the power to something else, wearing his best ultraviolet garbage couture. Right. Like, he looks like... I... He looks like... He belongs at a Tron convention. And Deputy Frazier, one of Brad's co-workers, goes to investigate. Doc attacks him accidentally. Frazier gets pushed into one of the power towers, electrocuted mildly, and then gets attacked by the alien tumbleweed again. And that's the last we see of him. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, no, is don't they find him covered in mold later on? Well, it's the last we see of him alive. Fair enough. And then we get the scene where the scene where Doc invades on Tom overlooking the 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 meteorite. Yeah. And he shows up and he starts waxing poetic about the thing that Tom's been examining. Says it's not a mineral but that it's a seed or whatever and I didn't understand a word of what he said. He's talking about testa, which looking it up is the outer covering of a seed. Why he would assume that a G that like a meteor scientist would know what what the fuck Testa would be is completely up in the air. That's why I said he's waxing poetic. And also he says the line, "Are you on the side of the aliens or are you on the side of science?" And I don't know if aliens and science are mutually exclusive in that way. I. But then I just write. What is this madness? God, this man is such a bad actor in reference to Tom. Because he just kind of goes out there to the deputy and is like, Yeah, Doc's in there. Threatened to shoot me. You should probably go take care of that. (sighs) And, And then Tom wanders into a greenhouse so no no so this is this is doc's lab this is doc's house he ends up at doc's house for whatever reason like honestly i was not paying that close attention that's how boring this movie was for starters i couldn't understand a damn bit of what was going on two i also just wasn't paying that close attention because i was bored out of my mind but this is apparently doc's house and tom finds his lab no 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 there was a scene before this. Oh, Bert's greenhouse. There was a, yes, Bert's greenhouse, because Bert says the line, "I'm 
busier than a one-legged man at an ass-kicking contest, <laughs> which makes no fucking sense. It means that he's only got one leg to kick some asses with. I know, but why would you? they be busy at a contest where there would presumably be other people also kicking asses? I don't know, ma'am. The metaphor doesn't make sense. Nothing in this movie makes sense. And I, I made the call here. The pesticide is going to be used as a weapon against the seed people. And I was right. Half right. And then we get to Doc's lab where the ultraviolet light is is apparently important some for some reason. Yeah, Tom finds this hidden room with, within Doc's lab that has one peach pit in in a tank full of blue liquid and another that's been cut in half that he has actually sprouted. But the room is also covered in ultraviolet lights. So to, to just get it out of the way, the ultraviolet light is going to be the weakness of the seed people, which my question is, why? I don't they constantly make references to how these things are plants. And the last I thought, plants like that shit. <sighs> I, I don't know. I don't know. This movie... And also... Maybe it's because they're space plants. And also, the, 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 the ultraviolet radiation makes the plants be... Makes the people take over... Take, take it over by the plants. Makes them normal people again... Which, like, the sun makes fucking ultraviolet radiation, you dumb motherfuckers. I'm, I am irrationally mad at this. Honestly, I, this is the first movie that we have covered that I almost want to say, let's just end it here because none of this movie makes sense. You're, you're not going to glean anything from watching it. You're not going to glean anything from listening to us. We're not going to make sense of this movie. I doubt you're going to make sense of this movie. And if you do, kudos to you. You have more brain power than I do. Yeah, it, I often say the line, scenes of people doing things. And that's what this movie is. It's just scenes of people doing things that don't progress the plot. And the only thing that I could... Again, we're going to be skipping like... We're only like halfway through the movie at this stage. And literally nothing else happens literally nothing else where the only other thing that happens really is the kid records some of the seed people sort of like digging up a digging up something she gets footage of the seed people oh and there is the one other thing with the amazing special effects where frank anamorphs into the seed people yeah, he, Which I found he just, very funny. He just crouches down and morphs into this boglin. And it's so stupid. It's so and stupid. I'll... Kimmy runs away from this screaming like, You're not my daddy! And conveniently enough, her camera gets run over. And Heidi's like, Oh, isn't it convenient that she says she caught it on tape, but we, but her camera's been run over so she can't prove it and whatnot. Because Heidi is... Right is still convinced that this is just straight-up psychosis. So Heidi doesn't believe her because the tape got destroyed, but then Tom fixes the tape, and then Heidi believes Denise. And that, why was that a scene in the movie? Why was that a conflict in the movie? Casey. 
Why was that scene in the movie? Why was this movie made? We know why this was made. This was a money laundering scheme. But why was that scene in the movie? Padding the runtime. To have that conflict. Padding the runtime. There we go. She figured it out, people. Like, I am so frustrated right now. Like, I'm... There there are... There are a handful... There's only, like, a handful of scenes left. Like... Like, we... So they figure out that they're all the seed people. They go to the police station... They get some guns. Tom goes. He finds Doc sitting in a field. No, he's sitting in the cave paintings. And he's like, the fucking life forms crashed here millions of years ago. And this is the fucking... The Native Americans saw it happen or whatever. And Doc says the line, Plants are the most cunning and savage life forms. I think he watched The Happening. It's, it is... that. It is... Mm. Perhaps the dumbest statement I've ever heard. I think he watched the happening. Ever. But you can't because nothing about that movie was cunning in any way. I don't know. Maybe he's just a fan of Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, but Mark Wahlberg isn't exactly cunning. Ouch. And then we get a scene of stretchy arms where Frank finds the girls, makes them into seed people. Then we get a, we follow Doc and Tom. They find out that the seed people are digging up a giant pine cone covered in seeds. So they can plant more seed people. They need, there are many seed people. And Bert dies. Seed Frank and Seed Ed attack him. Because even though Doc said, oh, Bert's been immune because of the ultraviolet lights in your greenhouse... And, no, it's, it. I don't think that's the case, because they kill him. And then they all just walk in. They're like, yo, we're gonna murder you now. And apparently staring then... at the ultraviolet lights removes the seed people brain. And I don't know how the fuck that works, because... Because of the sun! The sun is there all the time! Like... You dense motherfuckers! This is gonna be our most unfunny episode. This is just straight up anger. This is just straight up anger. This movie was a waste of time. I will say, though, the flying tick alien is quite funny. I I found it very humorous to look at. I guess. But it's like... sort of flying around. But Heidi and Yates get filled in on what's going on. And they pretend to be the seed people again. So the other actual seed people start loading the peach pits onto the truck. And they can lure it away... But they're supposed to lure it to the substation, which I completely missed the plan with the substation. No, they don't explain the plan. You didn't miss it. They didn't explain it. Because I was paying attention to this film, despite my best efforts. And they don't They don't explain it. But I assume they use the power substation as a way to power a giant array of ultraviolet ultraviolet lights. Which Yates promptly messes up because he drives like a dumbass and knocks over a good chunk of the contraption. And Doc has to sacrifice himself by using his body as the link between the two cords. And he dies, I guess. We don't see it. It just kind of happened. All the other seed people go back to normal except for Santiago who gets into the truck and starts driving it away apparently there were barrels of flammable substance in the back of the truck with the pits and 
Tom chases after it, gets into the bed of the truck, starts busting open these these barrels. Santiago goes full tumbleweed and jumps into the bed as well. Tom lights a flare before jumping off, hits his head on a rock. The truck rolls down a steep hill and explodes. That's literally... It is very funny how... I find it very funny how he falls on the rock, however. Because he very clearly just gently puts his head on the rock. Dunk. Just just a little thunk. And then we're back in the future and the... Or the present day, I guess. There is a time period at some point in this film... Where we are. Like, hey, hey, where's the doc? And Tom is like, he's dead. And they're like, cool, we're going to become seed people now. Here's your fucking ex-girlfriend. She's a seed people. Good night. And that's literally how the movie ends. Like, this movie was infuriating. This was so stupid. Oh, Christ. This wasn't even, like, weird. It was just boring. Uh, whatever, whatever you could say about something like Crash and Burn or Netherworld, the last one we saw, Netherworld was bad. Netherworld had a lot of scenes of people doing things, but it was also incomprehensibly weird, right? There was just weird shit going on at all times. Uh, Crash and Burn. They, fucking, there were such hammy performances and like there were some weird just weird stuff this was just boring i i guess this is going to be a question for you just since we have (laughs) just so that we can might as well bring it up clearly full moon features at this stage didn't give a fuck about what they were putting out there they didn't give a shit about the actual content of the film so they could have put whatever they wanted in there. Why did they choose to put nothing? I don't like, know. I and I guess th- I guess this also goes for just these sort of mockbusters in general, where yeah, you got to kind of bite off from this other bigger property as your main idea, but you could put like crazy shit in your film. You could put people saying weird stuff. You could do whatever you want. Yet. Nine times out of ten, when it comes to these kinds of films, they just, they don't put anything in the movie. This movie commits... Not just like, not just like putting money into it. It's like, you couldn't even bother to write the characters like, saying something. The, The characters say nothing. With a lot of the movies that we watch, whether they're good or bad, they're at least entertaining in a way. Like... Even if I don't like a movie that we've watched, at least there's still some entertainment value to it. This movie has committed the worst sin in that it was boring. The worst thing a movie can be is boring. Because I guarantee after after we finish with this, after the episode comes out, I'm probably never going to think of this movie again. The only thing that I will remember this film for is the cum flower. I'm going to forcefully forget That's that it. one. I couldn't forget about it if I wanted to, Casey. And frankly, I'd rather I'd rather have that be in my head than just the emptiness of the rest of this film. Like, there are flat performances everywhere. Doc Roller is the only one who plays his role with any sort of enthusiasm. 
And I just feel so bad that he basically carries this movie on his back to the best of his ability, but everything just keeps weighing him down. He he carries the back half of this movie to the best he can. And it's just, but, it just doesn't work. But speaking of actors who, uh, who tend to carry the film on their backs. You want to talk Casey, about what, what we walk- are going to be what- watching I was just about what to are we say watching next week. I was just about to say you want to talk about what we watch next week. Thankfully, we're going to be back to an actor who never fails to entertain us. And we return to the world of Tim Thomerson with Trancers 3. Still having Tim not Thomerson. Still having not watched Trancers 1. I think that having watched Trancers 1 is becoming is going to become less and less relevant as this series goes on. More than likely, but I'm just happy that we will be returning to someone who never fails to entertain. Because Lord knows this movie did not deliver. So, if you are one of the people that like wrote this film, who the fuck wrote this film? You know what? Let's let's call this person out by name. The person that wrote this. Uh, Charles Band came up with the original idea. Jackson Barr wrote the screenplay. Jackson Barr. Should you be listening to this? Shame on you. Shame we know you, on you can you do better. Making, shame on you for making such a nothing film. I hope you never live it down. And most importantly, I wish you... An absolutely horrible evening. And for the rest of our listeners out there, we will we'll, we'll talk to you next time, hopefully with more to talk about. Bye, everybody. Bye.